I've heard it said you steer where you stare. We are bombarded daily with voices vying for our attention. And if we fill our days and minds with Netflix and social media feeds, we can get off track pretty quick. That's why I developed a 30-day music challenge. Listen to Christian music exclusively for 30 days. The challenge is free, and I'll be right there with you every step of the way. Head over to michellenizette.com forward slash 30-day challenge to sign up. Change your music, change your life. You're listening to More Than a Song, episode 187. and welcome to this episode of More Than a Song. My name is Michelle Nizat, and this is the podcast dedicated to helping you discover the truth of Scripture hidden in today's popular Christian music. My goal is to teach you to connect portions of God's Word with the songs you're singing along with on the radio to help you meditate on truths that will transform your way of thinking and ultimately your life. I took a bit of a risk with the song choice this week. Normally, I try to stick with songs you're listening to on the radio so that as you hear them on the radio, you are inspired to read God's Word. And then when you hear them again, you will be reminded of all you've learned once you've read God's Word. And But every once in a while, I will feature a song that may not be as mainstream as others. Now, the risk I'm alluding to is not that I chose a less than mainstream song. I do that from time to time. It's that the song that I chose is a little dark. We actually sing the Poison Tree uh, by Ghost Ship regularly at our church. And I love the music at our church because we really try to focus on scripturally sound lyrics, which is my jam. But this one is actually one of my daughter Meredith's favorite songs. But a friend of ours was visiting visiting church one Sunday and asked about the music. I mean, he, he was the one actually who described it as dark. He was kind of inquiring as to where the more traditional praise songs were. And don't worry, we do sing songs that include praise too. So I thought for a moment at his question and I said, well, sin is dark. And in that moment, God planted a seed of truth in my heart that has continued to grow. And that is this thought that sin is dark. It is poison and it is death. And some of you might be thinking, well, yes, Michelle, we're aware of this, but are we really? You know, we spend a whole lot of time justifying our actions and allowing our vision of the world to be shaped by culture and media and what feels right in our eyes. And just today, my husband and I were watching a home improvement show, and there was a couple on the show looking for a new house, and they had been dating for years, and they wanted to eventually get married. But the young man said, well, the next, the logical next step is to move in together. Well, that may seem right in his eyes, but it is 100% counter to what scripture teaches. And I'm not trying to be judgmental. I'm just trying to encourage you to see choices shaped by God's word and plan for us rather than what seems right in today's society or in today's world. So what's the next step? Well, it's to call a spade a spade. It is sin. And do you know what else scripture calls it? Weak and worthless elementary principles of the world. Hmm. Are we allowing the severity of our sin to seep into our psyche? Is it so dark and ugly that we long to avoid it at all costs and confess and repent from it when we, as soon as we see it? Instead, replacing it with God's light and his truth and our obedience to him. So I actually chose this song because in our time last week in Galatians, we, um, I, 
what I was reading <clears throat> was I was as I was reading I was drawn back to the lyrics of this song so I'm I'm doing exactly what I'm hoping you do too as you are in God's word and then you hear songs and you're drawn back in so we're actually for the first time in 187 episodes we're going to stay in the same section of scripture for two weeks in a row and I should probably do this more you know we've trained ourselves to jump from one thing to another Read a tweet, a Facebook post, scroll to the next one, read a blog, move on to the next one, or worse, skim the bullet points, don't actually even read the whole thing. Start a book and then start another one. Well, maybe that one's just me, but do you know that you could stay just in Galatians for a whole year and it would be okay? You know, you'd have a deeper knowledge and understanding that may just impact your life more than even reading the Bible all the way through in a year. Although, of course, there's value in that too. So I do have people unsubscribe uh, from my mailing list because they are on devotional overload. I had one unsubscribe um, with that this week, and I get that. So just stop it. You know, if you hear the Holy Spirit telling you to stop and stay in one place in Scripture, please listen to Him. He will show you something you need for His kingdom and His glory. So this song is about sin and our sin nature. And we learned a lot about that last week. So if you didn't listen to last week's podcast, I encourage you to go back and do so. But I'll make sure that this one is a standalone one as well. So what is the song's response to our sin? Let's listen. introductory verse of this song that I didn't actually play because uh, that was just the chorus. It describes us before God has made a new creation. So if you listen to this song from the beginning, the lyrics say, this tree bears strange fruit. There's blood on the leaves. It's dead at the roots. The cracked gray branches are decaying within just like the black poison that hangs from its limbs. Okay, see why I took a little bit of a risk? (laughs) It's kind of a gruesome scene. May not be at the top of your favorite song list. It is at the top of mine, but maybe I have different tastes. But some of you may just flat out not like this song, and I understand that. But remember our purpose here. It's to inspire us to get into God's Word. And then others of you might actually be offended by the visual of these lyrics. Good. You should be offended by sin. I know God is. Remember the warning that God gave Adam and Eve in the garden. In Genesis 2, it says the Lord God placed the man in the Garden of Eden to tend and watch over it. But the Lord warned him, you may freely eat the fruit of every tree in the garden, except the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. If you eat its fruit, you are sure to die. And in Romans five twelve speaks of Adam when it teaches, therefore, just as sin came into the world through one man and death through sin, and so death spread to all men because all sinned. So you see, when the song talks about being dead from within, it's not wrong. You don't have to love the song. That's okay. But you do need to see the truth of what it's singing about. 
Now, last week when I spoke of reading through Galatians, I used a Bible interaction tool exercise of underlining certain things in various colors. Now, I call my Bible interaction tool exercises bites. By the way, I have quite a few different exercises or habits that I use to keep my time in God's Word varied so that I learn more. And last week, we sought to learn all that Galatians could teach us about the Holy Spirit, and I underlined every instance of the Spirit in blue. Now, this week, I went back through Galatians and underlined every reference to flesh or sin in black. And just like last week, when the references to the Spirit jumped off the page, this week, references to sin kind of jumped off the page because you see all these underlines. Now, the area that I want to focus in for this episode is the end of chapter 5, but I want you to spend time in the whole book of Galatians this week. Follow the bite and underline every instance of sin, flesh, transgression, all those different words for sin. Underline those in black and see what God's word has to say about it. But let's jump into Galatians 5. I say, walk by the spirit. I'm starting in verse 16. And you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the desires of the flesh are against the spirit. And the desires of the spirit are against the flesh. For these are opposed to each other to keep you from doing the things you want to do. But if you are led by the spirit, you are not under the law. Now, the works of the flesh are evident. Sexual immorality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, enmity, strife, jealousy, fits of rage, rivalries, dissensions, divisions, envy, drunkenness, orgies, and things like these. I warned you as I warned you before that those who do such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law. And those who belong to Christ have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. If we live by the Spirit, let us also keep in step with the Spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking one another and envying one another. So we read a lot of that last week. And so when I add to the bite of underlining in a color, so when I add to the bite of underlining in black this week, um, read this section out loud. Why? Well, because when I underlined the words of the flesh one by one, so I underlined all of those works of the flesh, you see, because I, I underlined the word flesh, but I underlined all of those. And then I slowly said them out loud. Then I began to understand that there was deadness in my own life that I need God to continue to rip out. I want him to dig up every element of flesh and sin in my life so that I can bear the fruit he desires for me. So then I went a step further with the bite and I did a word study on each of those works of the flesh. So I simply took out, I just, I just simply took the definition of every word and I wrote it out in a list. So there's another bite, make a list. So you've underlined, you've read it out loud, you've made a list and you're going to go do a word study. You're going to go look up the definition. Now, I've kind of done some of this for you in the show notes. So if you go to michellekneesat.com forward slash 187, I have listed out all of the works of the flesh. And there's a link to the word study for each of the words. I'm going to go over it right now. <clears throat> Excuse me. And uh, I'm going to go over it right now on the list. But you can go see it for yourself I've put the link for every single word for you. So I've done a little extra work this week for you. So let's go to the list. Number one, sexual immorality. 
the root of that word is the root of the English word for pornography. It's porneia. And it's um, properly, it's a selling off or a surrendering of sexual purity or it's promiscuity of every type. Okay, that's the definition sexual of sexual immorality. We're going to go kind of fast through these because I only have a 20-minute podcast. But I really want you to go back and think about and journal and consider. Some of these you are going to slip through and you're going to go, yep, that's not me. I'm fine with that. And then others, if, oh, they might really step on your toes. In fact, I am... Um, had a conversation with a friend this week and I just was giving her some of the definitions. Everything was on my mind because I had just done the studies and she said, Hey, share with me um, that definition. We had talked about one specific word. And so I just sent her like the whole list and she uh, texted, I said, Oh, here, here's all of it. And she put, dang, sorry, I asked with a heart, you know, because as Christians, we look at this and we know that these works of the flesh, we should have nothing to do with them. And, and yet you'll see yourself in some of them. I I just know you will because we are human and because we are sinners and sin is dark and he wants to purify us from it. So sexual immorality, we got that impurity. It's another word for being unclean. And in a moral sense, it's the impurity of lustful living, um, kind of has that shamelessness idea around it. Sensuality is outrageous conduct or lewdness. It's like shocking conduct, like public indecency, that kinds of thing. Um, Idolatry. Uh, if you think that perhaps you don't struggle with idolatry because you don't have, you know, some sort of statue in the corner that you are worshiping, you might want to think again. We talk about idolatry a little bit on episode 171, so I encourage you to check that out. Uh, the word for sorcery. Now, these sorcery is more common these days than you think. You know, you've got mediums and horoscopes and witchcraft, and it's interwoven into a lot of our movies and our uh, uh, dramas and books and things like that. But did you know that the Greek word for this is pharmakeia, and it's the root word for administering medicine? I found that very interesting. And the origins include the use of medicine drugs or spells and ah i just kind of wanted to ponder that for a while could our addictions to drugs you know prescription legal and illegal it lie in the root sin of sorcery i don't know it was just interesting i had i did not know that <clears throat> before i did the study this week all right let's move on to enmity which is just flat out hatred and hostility and i know at least in my life that i sometimes become hostile to other people. So my question is, are you hostile toward anyone that falls into that work of the flesh of enmity? Strife is literally a quarrel. You know, it's 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 being ready to fight all the time, having a contentious spirit or having an affection for dispute. Oh, that one kind of stepped on my toes. I've been like that maybe even this week, maybe like an affection for dispute. I, I kind of go in looking for a fight. Jealousy. Now the root of the word jealousy is zeal, which could be good. It could be a good thing, right? So we talk about God being a jealous God and that's a very a zeal is that root. <clears throat> but literally it means hot enough to boil. And I think you you can um, think of, the, of times when you've been hot enough to boil, real jealous. 
Fits of anger. Do we really need a definition for fits of anger? Well, it's what you're thinking. The root implies rushing along, getting heated up, and breathing violently. And your actions emerge out of strong impulses with intense emotion. Yeah, fits of anger. That one's on my Lord Dig This Out uh, list. I'm not sure if it's on yours. Rivalries, which is just straight up carnal ambition. It is acting for one's own gain, regardless of the discord it causes. Wow. And then dissensions, which is wrongly separating people into uh, pointless factions. And I think that happens a lot in our society today. I mean, whether it has to do with race or religion or, um, you know, it's like, let's put all the tall people in the room or let's put all the, you know, beautiful people over in this groundless faction. You know, it's wrongly separating people into pointless factions. Um, divisions uh, is another one. So it says dissensions and divisions. Well, the divisions are the factions themselves. So a self-chosen opinion, a religious or philosophical sect um, that that is is really set up not for grace and love and mercy, but for contention. Envy is another one, and it convey it conveys displeasure at another's good, and. One way to put it is the miserable trait of being glad when someone experiences misfortune or pain. And we've, uh, I just talked with that with a friend this week about that. You know, just she didn't want this, but it was just like almost like, I hope, I hope you fail because of the, of the situation that she was in. Um, that's envy and that's a work of the flesh. Uh, drunkenness, it's just what you think, it's intoxication, orgies. Uh, which is not a common word that we use for what the, what it means, which is really partying, carousing. And uh, it had in the original meeting, it was like a party of revelers parading in the streets, just wild and furious and ecstatic. So it's just a big, just partying is what it is. And then he adds to the end, things like these. In other words, this is not an exhaustive list. This is just a few of the things that Paul was seeing and he wanted to point them out. As I said, my tendency is to look at this list and say, well, I'm not like that or that or that, but maybe this. And I mean, I don't drink and therefore I was never the partying type, but my outbursts of anger. I mean, I just responded the way I saw my parents respond during times of disagreement. You know, and the Lord says, exactly. I want to rip that deadness out and plant something new. He's calling us to stop making excuses. He wants us to see the ugliness of our sin. He wants us to see the blood on the leaves. Okay. He wants us to see that when we see these things in our own life, it's rotten and it's dead to the core. And it has no place in the life of a believer who's been grafted in, adopted into the family of Christ. He wants to dig it out and he wants to plant something new. And what did we learn last week when we talked about the spirit in Galatians chapter six? It says, do not be deceived. God is not mocked. Whatever one sows, that will he reap for one who sows to his own flesh will from the flesh reap corruption, corruption, but the one who sows to the spirit will from the spirit reap eternal life. So he wants to plant something new. We need to sow to the spirit. And then when, when we do that, then we bear the fruit of the spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Now, there was a time that I longed so much for the fruit of the Spirit that I turned it into almost like a work, works. 
And our song references that idea in the lyrics of verse two, if you choose to listen to the whole song. It says, I tried to tie fresh fruit to a tree that had poison all the way through. It rotted and fell off. It was dead to the core. It even killed the ground. I was worse than before. You see, if you've not been made alive through Christ, if you've not been born again, if you are dead in your trespasses and sins, you can't tie the fruit of the Spirit to your branches. That's not how it works. The tree must bear the fruit. And it is a profound word picture. But even as a believer, even if you are born again, you cannot tie fresh fruit to your branches. Our trees must bear fruit on their own. It's not an automatic thing either. I mean, have you ever planted a fruit tree? I have a persimmon tree that I got for my birthday a few years ago. It's been a couple years and this is the first year. I think I got one one little persimmon a couple years ago, then nothing last year. And then I have two this year, two fruit two um two persimmons on my tree now it was loaded it had like i it had 30 persimmons on it for some reason the fruit fell off and only two are left and it takes time for a tree to bear fruit and then to bear it in abundance and so the tree has to be rooted in good soil it has to get enough water and sun and nutrients to produce fruit strong enough to hold on through the wind and the rain and the seasons till it can ripen. And the fruit of my persimmon tree, it's been there for months and months and months. You know, those two fruit are hanging on, but only late this fall will the fruit be ready to harvest. So it's getting there, you know, and the tree is stronger and it's more robust. I keep feeding the soil. I make sure it's watered. I tend to it. But I tell you what, that persimmon tree is only going to bear persimmons. <laughs> Okay, verse 25 of Galatians uh, 5, if we live by the Spirit, let us also keep in step with the Spirit. Okay, we're going to bear the fruit of the Spirit if we're keeping in step with the Spirit. Now, one final challenge. If you are a believer and you continue to see yourself in the works of the flesh, I want you to confess your sin now. I want you to repent of it. You turn from it. You, you verbally say to God, I confess this. Now be ready because God's going to accept your confession and he may ask you to do some hard things, have some embarrassing conversations, have some, um, some confession time to him and then confession time to others to, get, to rid yourself of these rotten, ugly, dark areas of your life. It's not a pretty picture to do this. In fact, it's crucifixion. Another dark metaphor, by the way, but Galatians says those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. Well, what is a crucifixion? Well, <clears throat> it's it's killing our passions and our desires. It's hanging them on a tree. You know, uh, uh, someone who's crucified hangs on a tree until they suffocate. Okay, so it's we're hanging the our passions and our desires on this on this crucifixion on this cross until they suffocate the last breath out of our sinful flesh so that we can rise and walk in newness of life. So what's next? Well, read Galatians again this week, and I encourage you to follow the steps that I took. Underline every reference to sin in black. Make a list of the works of the flesh that you find in chapter five. Look at those word studies themselves. Take notes. Don't forget to pray. You know, God will will want to speak to you during this process. So make it relational. Don't make it an academic venture, okay? And uh, while you're in God's Word this week, let me know how you're doing. Email me, michelle at michellekneesat.com. Hop on Twitter or Facebook, and we can talk about what you're learning. 
Now, before I tell you what song will be featured next week, I want to thank the premier Christian music streaming service, TheOverflow.com, for pointing their subscribers to this podcast, but more importantly, pointing them to God's Word through music. And when you subscribe to their trial, you will receive a 10-day series of devotions that I wrote based on some of my most popular podcast episodes. So I encourage you to check them out at TheOverflow.com. I also want to thank my newest subscribers to my website, like Karen from California, Nancy from Louisiana, Carly from Louisiana, Jennifer from Alabama, Michael from New Hampshire, Eugene from New York, and Jennifer from North Carolina. Welcome. Now, new subscribers to my website, they benefit from an email that I send once a week. In that email, you'll get a weekly memory verse resource to display on your smartphone, tablet, desktop, or you can print it out. You also get an email recap of the week's episode, and you get instant access to any of the resources I create for my episodes. All of that is just my way of saying thank you for listening. So head over to michellekneesat.com to subscribe today. And then don't miss an episode of my podcast. You can subscribe directly in iTunes. While you're there, would you leave me a written review and a star rating? This encourages me, of course, but it also helps me stay visible to new listeners. And as always, if you take the time to review my podcast, I will take the time to personally thank you right here on the podcast. Just like Jody, who said she loves the bites, she actually tried to post a review, didn't think it went through, but that's all right, Jody. Thanks for your encouraging message anyway. Well, that's it for this episode of More Than a Song. Next week, I will be using Broken Together by Casting Crowns to jump into scripture. For my long-time listeners, this will be a replay of episode 75 that I thought appropriate since I will be celebrating 20 years of marriage to my husband, Ron. So we'll be out celebrating that 20-year anniversary, and so I'll be uh, sharing that episode again, Broken Together. And if you liked this episode, however, would you mind sharing it with others? I've made it really easy. With just one click, you can share via Facebook, Twitter, or email. Just head over to michellekneesat.com forward slash 187. And while you're there, I'd love to hear from you. Click on comment to join the conversation. Until next time, take time to meditate on God's word and consider his ways.